Welcome to Life Planning 101, brought to you by Kennedy Financial Services in Eastland, Texas. Tune in every week as we share important information to help you and your family live life on purpose. Insurance, investments, legacy and tax planning, and much more. All covered now on Life Planning 101. This is Matt Irvin and Aaron Kennedy for another episode of Black and White Market Chatter right here on Life Planning 101. I know we've got some good stuff, but we want to start with the market. You know, the, the market's volatile. It's coming back. We're two-stepping right now if anybody likes the country dance. You know, it's uh, two steps forward, one step back. Right. And I love it. If the market only goes up, you know, that starts to get scary. Right. So giving a little back every once in a while, oh, it's a breath of fresh air. And it gives us a chance to buy something at a little bit cheaper price than we would have been able to. We haven't seen a normal volatility, right? No. We get 5% pullback commonly. Is it three to five times a year on average? Yeah, more than that. Three to five is nothing. Okay, okay. I'm being conservative. Mm-hmm. And then how many times have we seen it in this calendar year? And I don't know that there's been one. No. It's come back a full we, 5%. We haven't, come, we haven't gone down 2% since July. Okay. So there was a day. But uh, it's been smooth sailing. And this is the summertime. So usually things, things are a little bit busier. Everybody's at their beach condo or whatever, and nobody's working, so very low volatility, and, and the market bounces a little bit more during this time. Not right not, now, though. Not this year. Not this year. But, you so, know, what's causing all this? I think, I think that's one of the biggest questions. Yep. You know, we've been on this fear about inflation. What's interest rates going to do? I know everybody is just tired of me harping on this, but it, it's what's driving. You know, you just look at interest rates. They've gone from one7 Back in March, now they dropped all the way down to 1.3, and today we're back up a little bit over 1.4. So if you kind of think about it, that interest rate is kind of what we should be expecting our GDP growth to be. That's it. So we've seen our GDP numbers, and they're not quite as good as we thought they were going to be. The employment numbers are not as good as we thought they would be. So how do, how do we raise GDP if there's still so many people out of work? Well, I think that's easy. I think the government just goes in there and creates it. <laughs> it's the, the validity of the data. Aaron, that's another episode. We don't yeah. need to get there. Yeah. We trust what we get from the government when it comes to the economic data. Right. But the big thing is, is we're not bouncing back as fast as we want to. There's still 5 million people that are unemployed that were working February of last year. That's a big number, guys. That's a really big number. And they're still fighting, you know, the wages and such. And what was it the Fed came in and said, um, maybe this inflation really is a little bit transitory. Yeah. Right? So we're getting mixed signals again. And did you tell me that it doesn't matter? The Fed didn't even mention interest rates, but yet now we've got it all figured out. Or some, yeah. Somebody does. So. Yeah. Somebody's got it figured out. Speaking of that, you know, we had this big jump in inflation. Huge. You know, I think we talked about lumber and steel even to this day. Steel as in S-T-E-L, you know, not not standing steel, the, the metal. Right. That's still going through the roof. You know, but we are kind of getting a little reprieved. Used cars finally dropped they a dropped. little bit. They quit going up. Yeah. But think about it. So you said something earlier today, going back to 2000. And I want to talk about a little bit about inflation. The debt was... Don't quote me. It was 500. 
Let's see. National debt back in it two. Anyways, it was five times. It was five times the debt. Yeah, five point six trillion dollars in two thousand, guys. Okay. Five point okay. six trillion. And now it is what? Twenty eight point seven. Almost twenty nine. Oh, okay. Five times the amount of debt. But then, what about the dollars? Uh, it was almost a, a the percentage wise. It was almost a mirror image. Yeah, yeah. Right. Back in two thousand, there was four point eight trillion George Washingtons running around out there. Today, twenty one trillion. So you think if we go from five trillion dollars to twenty trillion dollars, and all things equal, we should have five times the inflation. You know, prices should have increased five times. Mm -hmm. And that's without even bringing in uh, the banking. Like the expansion of money. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The creation of the dollar just through the banking system should have made it even higher than that. But it hasn't. Inflation's been trickling around 1% to 2% since then. See, and that's the thing. We don't have the GDP to support it. But tell me, something we always... We always talk about, and we're getting close into this segment, so I want to segue to interest rates globally, because we know what happens if people quit buying our debt, but where's everybody else out, so why would they keep our debt? Um, You know, there's five major currencies. We're not really going to delve into the uh, Tasmanian dollar or anything like that. (laughs) So when we're talking Uh, currencies, we're talking the big boys, you know, we're talking China, Japan, the Euro, Great Britain in the U.S. So China's running into some troubles right now. Uh, One of their big, big real estate companies, Evergrande, is looking to to default. Their economy really hasn't recovered, and this is going to bring in some pressure on their their debt system. We're actually looking for China to lower their interest rates at this point. When we look at Japan, they're flat, zero. They just like to say Yeah, though. they've been at zero or dang near close to it for a long time. You look at the euro, you know, you give those bad boys 100 bucks and you get $99 back guaranteed, negative yeah. interest rates. Love it. Love it. Great Britain yeah. is pretty dang close as well. Okay. We're either floating it flat to negative rates there as well. And then we got the U.S., and we're pretty much a, a superhero at this point because, like I said, we get 1.41%. Wow. I mean, that's head and shoulders so much better than anybody else. 1.41. What a sad world we live in. But the biggest picture is where can you go to get some positive rates that you're fairly certain that you're going to get your principal back? And that's the USA. We're the best game in town right now. So that's going to attract capital. It's going to attract money. Hey, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back just momentarily here on Black and White Market Chatter right here on Life Planning 101. And we're back here for the second segment of the live recording, Black and White Market Chatter right here on Life Planning 101. Aaron, we were wrapping up U.S. interest rates at about 1.41, and that is why we're still uh, people are still willing to purchase our debt. Yes, because they're uh, fairly certain they're going to get their money at the maturity of the bond, which is better than at least the negative track record across the globe. And uh, so, go ahead, pick up back where you, you left off. Well, all of this uncertainty, you know, where is interest rates going to go? What is inflation going to end up doing? What's our employment going to do? I think there's something kind of big going through Congress right now, 
and it's going to affect all of our lives, which is monstrous amount of spending and then trying to figure out a way to pay for it, which is picking our pockets. But anyways, this has created some uncertainty, and the market is finally picking up on that, and we're getting some volatility in exchange for that. And don't worry about it. I said, I, I like it. I like the volatility, but it's back. But look at the time frame we're in. We're almost to October. You know, October is usually a, a tremendous time to be investing. November, December, they don't call it a Santa Claus rally for nothing. Usually fourth quarter is a good time to be in the market, and that's where we're at. And if you look around the globe, we have the strongest system we have positive interest rates. So this is continuing to attract money. And I think on the volatility that we've recently experienced, it would have been a good time to try to pick up By some of those lower prices. Yes, because we know, well, boy, that sounds almost like something I shouldn't be able to say. But You can't say we know. If you yeah. listen, listen to Howard Marks the other day, and he said you either pick a price and no date or a date and no price something like that was that him uh, one thing so one thing to talk about price let's just touch on this for a second because there's a little bit of disconnect on if we're overpriced or not and to remind people it's all about discount rates right I have to pay something I pay a price today for what I think it will be worth in the future and what do I want to earn between now and the future? And so people use discount rates, hurdle rates, risk-free rates. And right now the risk-free rate, which is the Fed rate, is historically low, which would drive that to say, hey, my discount rate is less. But he made a very good point the other day. We listen to a lot of podcasts and other money managers to keep everything in check and perspective. He said, it's fine. You know, prices are probably fairly priced if you use a discount rate of one. What's your return stream over the next seven to 10 if you discount it one? One percent. And that's the biggest thing is, you know, is the market overpriced? Maybe. And that's probably the best answer you can get. Because if interest rates stay where they're at now, and if we're discounting at one percent, so think about what that means. My discount rate is my hurdle rate. And if my hurdle rate is 1% and I'm expecting my stocks to grow their equities or their sales or anything like that by 10, what would I be willing to pay for that company to make 1%? If I take 10%, how much do I have to pay up to beat that 1%? And that's why equities are getting so expensive, especially growth equities. Mm -hmm. Because they are able to grow so much, and they are such a long-duration asset. Right. You know, and if we're growing at 30 40% a year, what are you willing, especially if our hurdle rate's only 1%? Well, right. And that, and that was his point, was if you want to make that, you discounted that. You want to make yeah. 7 to 8% a year, like we would all would love to do on a year-over-year basis. We need to buy our securities at a price for which they can perform that way. Yes. Realistically. So what, what happens if interest rates jump up to 5? There's the maybe. Stocks are way, way overpriced. And if we get to a 5% interest rate... You know, stocks should come down 50 to 70%, to tell you the truth. That's how drastic it is. Right, that's but but what, what do you think would happen to the U.S. government if we raised our interest rates? 
We raised rates. We'd bankrupt ourselves overnight. We were just yeah. looking at the numbers. Of, uh, fill me in. Just what let everybody the, know about the defense budget versus yeah, uh, okay. our interest payments. So we've talked about this before because we don't finance a, a debt to pay. We finance a payment that we can service. Yes. So the current debt payment, what was it? $263 billion is yeah. our current interest payment. Interest payment. Okay. So our defense budget is about $700 billion a year. And so if if the rates went up by, what do we say, up to 1%, then we would be paying as much for interest as it would be for We're paying defense. just about as much in interest as we are to protect our country in today's world. Right. So are we spending too much on tanks or yeah. are we spending too much on everything else? Yeah, the, the debt is horribly out of control. I mean, if you look at it from that perspective, we can't raise interest rates. Can't afford to. No. You know, we, we had that little tumble in the market, and the Fed came out and spoke Wednesday. And the Fed didn't even mention interest rates. I mean, that's what they're there for, to help us understand what they're thinking about interest rates, you know. And they did not bring it up, you know. So we're, we're still expecting, you know, some kind of tightening maybe the first quarter of next year. But they're not worried about it. They're worried about inflation. They don't care about our employment. You know, they're just trying to keep everything going without bankrupting the system. And that's what would happen if they raised interest rates right now. Well, but back to our, we've talked about this, I think, two or three episodes ago, how if we can inflate ourselves out of this debt, we'll be in good shape. But one hiccup in those interest rates and we're we're in a world of hurt. But hey, we want to come back. We got another segment of things to talk about. We'll wrap it up, but give us one second to do, I guess, a commercial break is what we're doing here on Black and White Market Chatter right here on Life Planning 101. And here we go, Aaron, with the final segment of Black and White Market Chatter on Life Planning 101, talking about the really the inability to raise interest rates. We would bankrupt our country. And so we're expecting a little bit of volatility. And so talk to me how we're trying to get prepared for it. And, um, you know, obviously we always have a plan. We always have a plan in place. That's what we do. So tell me a yes. little bit about what you can You know, we're running into the Santa Claus rally right now. I know I'm fairly certain interest rates aren't going to move a whole lot from where we are today. So where does that put us? And that would put us as equity investors. And not just us, but around the world. That's where we're going to need to be. You know, in my mind, every little drop you need to be able to take advantage of. And I know they're calling it the the fear of missing out or FOMO, but this is a unique time in history because we've never, as equity investor, had the federal government have our backs. Right. You know, and that's a backstop. Right. They're the bottom. You know, they were buying credits during the COVID crisis. By credits, I mean they were buying U.S. company bonds, and if the economy falters which usually coincides with a market drop, we know the Fed's going to turn that printer on again. And they, and they have to, right? And they have to. And where, where do those trillions of dollars go? Right back into the market. And if we can get a month or two of lower market, then I, I think you need to take advantage of it. So 
there's a big question is how do you do that? How do you take what you have if you're already invested and put more on the sidelines to take advantage if we get a hiccup? Well, so we always talk about capturing profits and building cash, but what I also hear you say is if I do that, I may miss out. So there's a fine line, right, of being able to participate. And we've alluded to it in previous shows. It's something that we're, we're building towards, but we want to make sure we're getting as much as we can, building that cash. But isn't that cash a little bit expensive to raise right now? Yes, it is. It's absolutely amazing if you look back over the last 15 months and seen what the market has done since covid a lot of the times, if you're in a taxable account, you're up 40% or so just since February of last year. And that's a nice little payment to our government to pay for those gains. So, yes, it can be expensive, but there's lots of ways to position yourself. A lot of people have different types of accounts, whether it be a qualified like an RIA or a <laughs> IRA or a Roth or something like that, we can freely move around and pretend the combination of the IRA and the non or the joint account as one. Well, it's holistic management, right? Yes. And to that point, you can even get into some of those self-directed 401ks, right? Some folks that aren't retired have all their money in their 401k. Well, there's ways to do it there, too, short of the few options that they provide. So lots of options. Things are different, but they're the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the big thing is, is just be prepared for the market to go down mm-hmm. and welcome it. Be excited. If I had $100 and I could get the market to drop 50% in one month and I doubled down and the market recovers the next month, whoa, but, whoa, yeah. I just made 50%. That's right. You know, and look back at COVID because that's dang near what happened. Well, and you think about trying to make that better return. Yes. If I want to make 1%, you can buy at a price that allows you to make that 1%. But if you welcome that market drop, it does a couple of things. You may even get to capture some losses. And we don't necessarily love doing that all the time. But when the market... They're nice to have. You put it in your pocket and you save it for a rainy day. Yes. Okay. So that's something we haven't gotten to do in the last 18 months. And it's something we can do sometimes in the summer when we see some of that volatility. And it's not that we change our allocation, the equity exposure. We just get very strategic on the fund selection and we can make that work. But one of the things I want to touch on it is to some of that legislation around the taxes and some of the changes. Bring it. First thing I want to say is nothing is through legislation yet. It's not into law. So there's lots of stuff out there with if this, then this, right? Lots of rumors, lots of guessing. The what if game. We don't like guesses, but we want to give you some provoking thought. Taxes. What taxes do we have now versus what can we see next year? So max capital gains right now is 23%. And the last rumor I heard is they're going to push it up to 25. So that's not near as catastrophic as prior to that, they they were telling us that they were going to push it up to dang near 40% for the high income earners. And that is devastating. So that's investment income, right? So I buy yeah. it for five, it makes it gets to 10. No, I sell not, it. not even investment income. If, if you sell your, your land okay. or your second home, you know, anything held longer than 12 months, um, that's your long-term capital gains rates. And that's what they were messing with 
are threatening to increase. So, but what we can get now, we can get those still those Trump tax rates yes. uh, through the end of the year. It may be beneficial to take advantage of some of that. Because yes. a couple of things that may be taking away is the step up in basis. Again, rumor, not fact as of yet. But what that means is, you know, there's some people that hold those legacy stock positions because they, they just hold it and it grows and they chip away at it, but they don't want to pay the taxes. And when they pass, that steps up in basis and then they can hand it to their heirs and not have to pay the long-term capital yeah. gains tax. If that goes away, it's spooky. Because yeah. you think about, to your point, we were talking stocks, but you said ranches earlier. Yeah. That can affect... If your grandpa bought it for two hundred an acre, it's now worth twenty five thousand an acre. Think about that spread. With how many step conversations up? have we had? That is exactly that. I remember right. my grandfather telling me he bought this for two hundred an acre or twenty dollars an acre. Right. So dang near nothing. And where's land at now? What happens right. if you have a two million dollar piece of property, and that's your growth, and the government turns around and says, how much is that? Well, but even How so, who's got that, that much cash? And that's, yeah. Not so where, where does that come from? Right. How do you raise that kind of cash if your asset is land? We got to sell. You got, you got to sell. So let's plan for it today. And the thing about it is, when they start talking about coming for it, it may not happen in the year that they start talking about it, but it's on the radar. It's kind of inevitable. So we need to start talking about that. And some of this planning needs to get done before year end. We're going to hit a few more subjects before we run out of time. But let's talk about Roth conversions. Roth conversions is where I take my IRA and I make it into a Roth IRA. And I pay the taxes strategically at my control when I convert it. And then that way it can grow in a Roth. And then the idea is to never pay tax on it again. So the Roth, all the growth in that Roth is non-taxable when I pull it out. It's the greatest tool that we have. We got this rule of 72, which means your assets should double. Boy, I said this wrong. You divide 72 by whatever your interest rate is, and that's how fast your assets should double. You know, so market average is 10% a year. That means my assets should double every 7.2 years, right? Yeah. Um, so anyways, so that, some of that needs to be done before the end of the year as well. So step up, Roth conversions, Trump tax rates, annual gifting. There's right now, was it 15000 you can give per person? So me and my spouse can give 30000 Some people really like to use that, and that gift limit is supposed to be headed the, the down instead of increasing with inflation. Yeah. So there's things to do there. But the biggest thing, give us a call. If you have questions on any of this content, we want to visit with you. We want to get in front of you and talk about it because we can't talk about specific cases on the air. There's just no way. But we can with you on the phone. So we've got some things that need done before the end of the year if you want to participate in the planning. We've got some ways that we can help you take advantage of the market dips and then two, really take advantage if we have any substantial pullback in the market while still participating in the upside. And then three, our eyes are on the Fed because it, it's such a crucial piece of what's going on. Aaron, do you have any final words you want to say before we get wrapped up today? I think everybody just needs to keep their head up. At the heart of everything, we're still all Americans. We're still all humans. We still love our families. We still want better things for our kids than for ourselves. And that's not going to change regardless of what we see in the news. So plan for that, knowing that things are going to be better in the future. 
and companies are going to get bigger. So don't lose sight of that regardless of what happens on a Tuesday in October. Think long term and be excited when you get a deal in the market. Things go down and we got cash on the sidelines. It's a good day. Very well said, Aaron. We got to get wrapped up here. This So this is Matt Irvin and Aaron Kennedy here on Black and White Market Chatter right here on Life Planning 101. Thank you for joining us for Life Planning 101, brought to you by Kennedy Financial Services. If you have questions, you can email them to lifeplanning at kennedy-financial.com. Be sure to tune in next week for more Life Planning 101. Advisory services offered through Smart Money Group, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Securities offered through Calton & Associates, Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC, Kennedy Financial Services, Incorporated, Calton & Associates, Incorporated, and Smart Money Group, LLC are separate entities.